Hey everyone, this is Placate Reality, and we are back. Uh, we've got a special guest with us, Lauren. So everyone give us a what's up really quick. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? So we've got a, basically a movie review for you of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So get stoked. Quentin Tarantino's 2019 feature film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The film stars Brad Pitt as Cliff Booth, Leonardo DiCaprio as Rick Dalton, and Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate. So I'm basically going to be going and asking everyone a series of questions, everyone's going to answer in turn, and we'll just give our own opinion. So just to give a brief synopsis of the movie, it's set in the late 1960s, is that right? Yeah, 69. In Hollywood, basically Rick Dalton is a stuntman and Cliff Booth is... Okay, sorry. <laughs> Rick Dalton is an actor. <laughs> Cliff Booth is his stuntman. So Brad Pitt is the stuntman, Leonardo DiCaprio is the actor. And basically they're both in Hollywood and Leonardo DiCaprio's character He's not doing as well with his acting as he would like to be, and that's kind of what the movie surrounds. Um, I also forgot to mention there will be several spoilers in this movie, so if you haven't seen it, go watch it first. Okay, so we're going to start off by who is the best actor slash actress in the film? Adam? I mean, my vote would go to Brad, yeah. not going to lie. The final scene just looks like... <laughs> God damn, he still got it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and like every all parties involved did amazing, you know, Leo and Margot just you know you can't have, you couldn't ask for more, but it's gotta be Brad for me. I would say Leonardo DiCaprio without a doubt for me, because there are a couple of scenes where he just breaks down crying and I just felt like he did it in a really authentic but still comedic way and it just felt really like he's just a old softy yeah <laughs> just an old softy trying to make a cowboy movie you know it's true zach aren't we all lauren i think i have to go with brad pitt i think he's a great supporting character probably the best in the movie yeah i mean he seems like he's just as much of a lead character to well me. i mean technically i think it would be like, like if he gets nominated for an really, Oscar, he'd probably be supporting. But, like yeah, this. you could say that he's the other main character in the okay. story. It felt like he got almost as much screen time as Leo. Yeah. But I, I could be wrong. But a lot of it was just him yeah. driving around. That's true, but so, he does it so well, though. He does, he does. He looks great. He's so <laughs> sick, and he, like... If anything, there's more, on. because there's the plot point of him going to that, um... The desert the, ranch. The desert the ranch. ranch yeah. Spawn ranch. Yeah, that's Spawn a pretty ranch. segment. And then also, the whole, like, main fight scene, which arguably you could say is, like, the climax. Yeah. Um, I think it is the climax. Is all about him, and then Leonardo DiCaprio is just there for a gag at the end. <laughs> we'll true. talk about that later. Yeah. But yeah, he comes in hard. Uh, so I would say Brad Pitt, to me, seemed like the main actor, or at least character of the film, even if he's not listed as the main actor. Yeah. Okay. Ashley? Sure. Um, 
you know, I'm I'm on the I'm on the Brad Pitt train as well. I think his character was so badass. Yeah, it was straight. I mean, it was, but it was also it was like you kind of had him nailed down. Like he's kind of like the good, strong, good-looking, humble guy. You know, just kind of stays in the shadows. You know, lives in a trailer with his dog. And hangs out with him while Leo, you know, is living this crazy, um, or Rick Dalton, I should say, is living this crazy, luxurious life. But then all of a sudden there's this weird random twist where, like, he's suspected of murdering his wife. And there's, like, literally no details on that. Yeah, and like, how that was just mentioned and that's it. Yeah, just, just mentioned and cuts away for, like, 30 mm-hmm. seconds and leaves you just questioning you more if he did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, listen, rapid fire, everyone say if they think he killed his wife, Adam Stark will go in a circle. Definitely. I'm going to say no. Yes. Absolutely. I have no, I have no answer. I, I, I go back and forth all the time. So all, <laughs> all we know is that the scene basically shows him on a small fishing boat with his wife, and his wife is being annoying, right? She's just talking to him and being like, I guess the word asinine, I don't know. She's being a bitch her, to him. No. Her she friends, just is saying, oh, my, everyone hates you, and yeah. I should have listened, and you're a piece of shit, yeah. and uh, my family hates you, and my friends hate you. It's beyond asinine. It's like she's almost abusive, basically. Yeah, almost abusive. Verbally later. abusive, at least. And he's just sitting there with, with his sunglasses. Poop. Yeah, with his sunglasses on. Scuba goggles. Oh, scuba think. goggles. I can't remember, but you know, he's just sitting there, pretty motionless. I would say, holding a harpoon gun. <laughs> I think it's aimed like directly <laughs> it's at aimed her. Directly at her, and then it cuts scene. So we don't know. <laughs> and he cracks open his beer. Yeah. And he's like. That's all we saw. <laughs> Just sitting there chilling. <laughs> That's all we know. It's and Tarantino, so it, who knows? I would, Ashton, I'm grateful that you said that because I'd love to come back to this plot point later when okay. we talk about the way that women are treated in this movie because uh, it's not good. That is true. That okay, is true. so I would also have to go with Brad Pitt because I think that... I don't know back what it is. Who is the best? Yeah, back to best. Who's the best actor? Yeah. Because I think like literally in the last thirty minutes, when he like the scene where he's picking up the acid cigarette and he just like he says something like, "Well, here we go" or something. It's just it's so funny how like low key he plays it. Yeah. But it's so charming and entertaining and mm-hmm. fun, and all he's doing is smoking a cigarette. <laughs> it's and true. It's so fun. Yeah. And then he gets home and he's like. You know, he's getting the dog food running and he just says, the train has left the station. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> that that, that was really funny. He's just like, yeah, that's the perfect line, right? <laughs> All right. So I've got the next question is pretty much asking, not was necessarily the best actor or actress, but it's pretty much giving like, who's the best side character? And I'm going to give you a couple examples of who you can choose from. Okay. Um, one of the ones would be Pussycat which is the crazy, supposedly 17-year-old that Brad picks up on his way to the ranch. I think she's supposedly 18. Oh, supposedly but 18. She, we don't yeah, know yeah, how old she actually is. That's <laughs> questionable. Claims to be. Um, I would also recommend Tex, who is the oh, guy yeah. that's... Well, he's Tex the Watson? Horse, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, then I would also recommend the guy who lets all the air out of Brad Pitt's car. That's Tex Watson as well. Oh, no, no, that's uh, the crazy no, right? that's, that's the crazy hippie dude yeah. with the long hair. Um, and the teeth. <laughs> and then the last, the last character I would suggest is the dog. Oh. As the side characters. Oh, what is the dog's name again? It's a, um, it's a, it starts with a B. B something. Brown? Brandy. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandy. That's right. Okay, Adam, we'll start with you. If you um, can think of a different side character, go ahead. But those are the ones I thought of. Can I go with 
uh, Bruce Lee's character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of, like, until the final, like, 30 minutes, that was the funniest scene to me. When, like, Brad and Bruce are just sparring. And, like, he plays, like, Bruce so well and just so, like, oh. Deadpan. Yeah. And yeah. it's, like, making fun of him, but at the same time, it's, like, paying homage to a legend. That's true. Know. I think the thing I liked about that scene that was so strange is when they started fighting, um... Cliff just stands there and lets and lets Bruce Lee just kick him over and just falls over like nothing happened, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he, she's like, "All right, why don't you try that again or something like that?" Throws him into a car and just out of like it's oh. just zero to a hundred and no like other fashion. Actually, it was amazing. Actually, can I change my answer? <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, the little girl in the western. Uh, I was thinking that too. I was thinking that character. I loved it. Okay, Zach. Um, I probably would say the little girl or George Spawn, because I just liked that whole scene because it was like so freaky uh-huh. when he was like walking up and then that, that and then he was just wild. like fine. He's just like yeah, it really wasn't sleep. Me up. <laughs> yeah. My nap time. <laughs> He's gotta watch FBI. That's <laughs> true. FBI with squeaky. All right, Lauren. Um, I would say the costume designer girl. Oh, that one guy's wife. No. Okay. He, explain who this is. So it's when Leonardo DiCaprio is getting um, his mustache put on, and he like has his face in the ice. And the oh, director, it's very early. That's right. Yeah, it's very early on, and the director just has this kooky-looking theater nerd girl. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. And he's like, what do you think about this costume? He pitches the costume to her, and she just, she's like, we can get him walking by sundown if I tie this. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> you know? just dye this brown, yeah. and then he'll be walking on wherever. <laughs> I think there's a moment where she shows up later just strutting around, but I just thought she was really funny. Okay. And they were pitching the, the hipster, whatever, hipster yeah. western. She oh, just, that was pretty funny. Hippie western. good energy, you know? It was good. All right, Ashton? Um, well, out of, the li- out of that list, I mean, I thought Tex was just... A wacko, completely. I don't know. It was interesting seeing because he seemed like like a good guy at first, right? When you first met him on yeah, Spawn he's Ranch, on a horse. he's on a horse. He's just giving a horse tour to some that? to some locals. How can you hate that guy? You know. Mm-hmm. And then you know, all of a sudden he comes in and in this final scene, he's just tripping and he's just like a complete psychopath. And it's just like, what is going on? And it's just interesting, also because like reading about. Um, I don't know, just like the actual murders, right? And he he was, you know, one, one of the main people involved. It's just, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just yeah. a weird situation how you get involved in something like that. So, yeah. mysterious. Having him be played by Austin Butler, who is like a such, pretty a, boy. such a pretty boy, like white boy sweetheart from when I, we were all in middle I Carly school. Carly and yeah. other little TV shows like he, that. Isn't he playing Elvis in like a new biopic coming out soon? Yeah, I think he's actually had a pretty good trajectory if he's sitting now in Tarantino films and started on it's true. Nickelodeon and Disney. So hmm. I was pretty impressed with him. Yeah. So he will be. I thought young Elvis Presley. So I thought that the best side character honestly was the guy who let the air out of Brad Pitt's nose. Like, <laughs> just, just totally bonkers, just like gave him this weird yeah. smile, like you couldn't even understand what he was saying like half the time. <laughs> And then Cliff Booth just absolutely just beats him, and it's oh, yeah. that's not exactly fun to watch, but it's just 
know. That, I thought that, I thought that <laughs> so character stupid. came in hard. Like, you're not expecting all of a sudden. You just see these massive knives in the tire, and you see him sitting on the fence smiling, and you're like, dude, why? <laughs> why? Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> the next question, start with Adam. Is Rick Dalton someone you'd like to hang out with? Oh, hell yeah. You can Why? make some frozen margs. <laughs> Watch some old westerns. That's true. Just have a good ass time. I think like I think that it's funny that there's like three different times where it just shows him like on his little like chair in the pool with his earphones, with his, like headphones so, on. That's his, that's where he practices his lines. That's his zone. Dude. Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> um, I would say no. <laughs> he's kind of he's pretty much an idiot. He's very self-concerned, very self-concerned, very like conceited, obviously. Yeah. Um, emotionally unstable, like not in the like. Easily. way where you care about someone, but the way that's like, okay, guy, like, chill out. What's the word? He's easily triggered, right? Very easily triggered. <laughs> like when the hippies pulled up to his house at night, and they, they, were, they were just in the car, right? Yeah. Just had a loud muffler. He just went off. Complete. Yeah, completely goes off on him. I would say I would want to hang out with him, but I wouldn't want to be his friend. That's fair. Mm. You know? Okay. Yeah. Like, I think I'd really love to have a weird night at the bar and be like, dude, I met Rick Dalton. He was so weird, you know, but I yeah. don't think I'd want to get to know him well. That's fair. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, Zach? Uh, yeah, I probably would hang out with him, but like not all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if I see him, I'll be friendly to him. I, I'll probably invite him to events. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> uh, not going to hit him up and say, hey, want to go for a hike? Doesn't seem like a hiking guy, you know. Okay, definitely. Like, no. The dude's. No. I mean, uh, the he, dude's clearly got a problem, right? Yeah. He's a he's a drunk driver. He had his license suspended. You know, mm-hmm. he's got issues. That being said, don't we? You know, I, I would. You know, I definitely would enjoy a few. You know, seeing what kind of parties he throws, or yeah. seeing what you know, what is what he's capable. Of. What, what is he capable of? He you know, he's like crazy. A, he seems like a genuinely good guy, other than he, the fact that he well, is he seems, obviously incapable of like performing the daily tasks he needs to sustain his life. He is a good guy. He's a really good friend to um, Brad Pitt's character. You know, he's really good to that little girl. You know. He means well. He yeah, he means well. well. He, I feel like he's the type of good person where it's like, in his everyday life, he's probably a good person, but I can't imagine him, like, donating money, doing charity well, work, yeah. Um, yeah. really doing anything outside of himself. He's but very self-absorbed. You're right. Which is wholly self-absorbed. Maybe yeah. he'd be nice to the cashier at Walmart, but... We don't know. <laughs> that's true. That's fair. That's a fair, back then. fair critique. Okay. So, Ashton, was yours yes or no? Um, I kind of chimed in. I kind of interrupted on other people's answers, but yeah. He's pretty unstable. He, you know, he's kind of a drunk driver. He's also... But he also means well, like you said, but he's also very self-absorbed. So, you know, I'm interested to see what he has to offer, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't secure him right there with the close group of friends that I'm, you know, with all the time. So, okay, that's what I would say. So my next question revolves around the fact that the film was almost three hours. And let me tell you, it felt like three hours <laughs> in the theater. But my question is, is the, I recognize that, um, in conjunction with the Manson family murders, who ended up murdering Sharon Tate. That's her name, right? Yeah. yeah. Who is Margot Robbie, right, in this film, which she actually was murdered in real life. Um, I just want to know, 
that whole side plot of Sharon Tate and Pulaski, whatever the director Polanski. is. Roman Polanski. Yeah, was Polanski, that necessary? Yeah. Did that add anything? Um, I'd love to start on this one, if that's okay. Please. Um, I guess my main critique of the film in general is just that Margot Robbie was definitely throughout um, all of the publicity they did portrayed like she was going to be one of the main characters and um, she's just not. Like she has maybe two scenes where she's shown at that movie theater and you get one of the shots of the movie that's like very obviously Tarantino with his foot fetish out on display. And then her other scene is her like dancing at that party where a creepy dude speculates about her sex life. And then we never really get Please to hear... Please don't talk about Steve McQueen like that. Well, <laughs> it's the way that he does it is creepy. Like, Just kidding, I don't know if that was Steve McQueen. Yeah. But Steve McQueen's character was really funny, honestly. But... And then she just doesn't really get to say anything in this film. She says almost nothing. She says almost yeah. nothing. In fact, there was a interview panel where someone asked Quentin Tarantino about why he gave her so few lines that went viral like a couple months back. I don't know yeah. if you guys... I think I saw something about that. What did I, say? Um, I have the clip to play if you want. It's like a 30 second soundbite. Okay, sure. I, while she's getting that ready, um, the thing that came to my head was that, honestly, Pussycat probably had significantly more lines and, honestly, maybe even screen time than Margot Robbie. Yeah. yeah. That is interesting to think about, yeah. Which is, but Pussycat is also, like, such a problematic character and arc, which we can get into in a second. But you're right, like, she's just dismissed as so irrelevant, you know? She shows up for, like, one scene... All the scenes that she's in, she's like leaning over the car, and we can. The shot is set up so we just can see right up her shorts, you know? She's like wiggling in front of the camera, you know? You can't yeah, see that was on. Lauren is mimicking the wiggling. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, she's just written off, and her name is literally Pussycat, which yeah. is obnoxious. Well, and well, it's also like clearly related. Because as soon as she gets in the car with Brad Pitt's character, she asks if she can suck his cock. Yeah. So I'm assuming she got that name from her friends by sleeping with lots and lots and lots of people. So that's a jump where you're slut-shaming a character you don't even <laughs> well, know anything about. Well, her friends all call her Pussycat. Yeah. And immediately she met a man, she so asked what? to have sex with so him. So maybe she's called Pussycat because she really likes Catwoman comics. Well, There's so like that, a million well, reasons. I'm just well, saying so it seems, why they would name it seems a little strange that immediately she gets in the car, she has to have sex with someone, and then she's called Pussycat. So it just seems like adding I'll, one and one together. I'll give you a little bit of slack because I think her character was designed to be eroticized, so I understand why you would maybe make that jump in your head, but there's well, no wait, reason so, to make that jump. So right? why is her name obnoxious then? Because her name If she is, dislikes cats, why is it obnoxious? Because her character is designed to be fetishized, and so naming her literally pussy is like the most he could have done to give her like the most erotic name that was also like somewhat derogatory and demeaning. Like, it just seems very carefully done, considering Tarantino's history of women in his films. 
and his writing all, of female All characters. I would say is I don't feel like it's that big of a jump to think that the reason that they call their friend Pussycat is because she sleeps around. I don't think it's that big of a jump. But. Um... Well, okay, are you going to play the clip? Yeah, sure. Film she was in the Leonardo with Leonardo in Wolf of Wall Street, I Tonya. This is a, you know, person with a great deal of acting talent and yet you haven't really given her many lines in the movie and I wondered, I guess that was a deliberate choice on your part and I just wanted to know why that was that we don't hear her actually speaking very much and uh, Margo I wanted you to also comment about being in the film in this part well I just reject your hypotheses right. I um <laughs> that's <like> it <laughs> that's all he'll say on it so he's, he says nothing then he's, he won't yeah. speak on the issue that is interesting huh. okay as far as um, Sharon Tate goes in the movie, my, the way I see it was after watching the movie initially, I felt kind of a similar, like a similar reaction where it felt insignificant and she didn't have her me lines and whatnot. Um, but after kind of rereading the synopsis afterward and rereading about some of the characters, it seemed like her, like not her purpose, but she was definitely... The scenes that she was involved in kind of contrasted the scenes for Rick Dalton, where he was kind of old and washed out as far as acting goes, and kind of on his way out, but also, you know, hinting at a second wind, where she was young and full of potential, and she, you know, she goes to the movie theater and sees all the people, like, laughing at her bits and stuff like that, and kind of, like, absorbing it and kind of realizing that, oh, yeah, this is her start, you know, she can kind of get the ball rolling. And I almost feel like, um... I, mean, I don't. Maybe this. Maybe this is a bit of a reach or a bit of a stretch, but um, the fact that her <clears throat> presence in the film left a lot to be desired, or like it had a lot of potential but didn't live up to it, kind of could. I don't know if this is what he was going for, but could kind of relate to the fact that that's how her life went in real life, where she had a lot of potential but it was ended abruptly, and she didn't get to see that potential because she was murdered before she could really get her start going. In real life. In real life, not in the movie. In yeah. the movie, Tarantino switched it so she survived. Yeah, essentially. And so once that happens, we don't know what happens after that. You know, maybe that's, because her, it seems like her role in that movie, her significance and her, like, character was just getting started. Just to show that she's young and talented. Yeah, exactly. Sure, but, they, you know, she could have at least spoken more than, like, five lines in the whole film. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I won't argue against that. I don't think it, I mean, I, I didn't look into it that much as far as like a met, I like a message toward it. I just, it was yeah. kind of like an insignificant role and yeah. I guess we just have to speculate as to why. Yeah. I will say the marketing was misleading because they did cast like it's Leo, Brad and Marco as like the big three. And I think mm -hmm. it should have been marketed as just like, Hey, you've got three hours of just like the bromance between Leo and Brad. Sure. And I think like that's fair. The marketing, I feel like, yeah. is deceiving. So, because I feel like that's what the movie was basically was yeah. just like those two dudes, and so it was and misleading. Their neighbors, right? mm -hmm. um, but that's my two cents. As, yeah. As far as her character goes, I guess for me it was more just surprising than anything because of like you said the way that it was like the commercials I saw and like she had her own standalone poster 
you know, that I saw hanging places, and I just expected her to be a bigger character, and I was left really disappointed by how much screen time her character is given and how much thought and development was put into her character, especially considering the point of it was, like, like you said, Ashton, you know, here's this young upstart actress, what could have happened if she hadn't been murdered? I yeah. mean, she was a real person, yeah. you know? So to see her kind of portrayed in this very two-dimensional way, I think was really disappointing. Yep. Okay, so let's talk very briefly about a lot of the feet we saw. <laughs> so who preferred Pussycat's feet and who preferred Margot Robbie's oh, feet? Geez. Go! Definitely oh. Margot's, because they were very out of focus, whereas Pussycat's were just high def, right up against the glass, like, <laughs> just too vivid for my liking. <laughs> yeah, Pussycat's feet were very uncomfortable. And they're, they're dirty, very, and very I don't dirty. even really like feet, no matter whose feet they are. Yeah, it's true. Really Megan's feet, get them away pretty from Pretty much uncomfortable. Margot Robbie's, uncomfortable no. no matter Pussycat's, what. It was just no. weird. It's and it was very much in your face, yeah. Yeah, it's uncomfortable that the two actresses in this movie both have to, like, put on a show for Tarantino and for the people. As well weird. as uh, <laughs> Dakota, Dakota Fanning's character, Squeaky, too, was definitely Did she? Oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah I saw her point with the lot. foot. Yeah, you do, and it's like, it's where are the men's feet? That's true. <laughs> Give me Leo's yeah. feet. Yeah. Seriously. Here, here's what we she's should do. Here's what we should do. Okay. We'll have all the men just have their feet out and then give all the women the speaking lines. There you then go. We'll, we'll see how, you know, popular culture would take in that film. I'd watch it. So I think film I'd watch is it. making that short right now as we <laughs> speak. Probably. Anyway, yeah, Tarantino, if you didn't know, he has a foot fetish and generally just makes most people uncomfortable. It's just... And it, it, I read something that I thought was kind of funny. Is like it was so potent in this film. It was like breaking the fourth wall, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it was like admitting like I have a problem. Yeah, or it was or like, like it's like oh, there's a woman character on street screen. Well, let's get her. Are feet they in sitting there. down? Are there? Could her? Could she? Oh, she can yeah. put her feet up in the movie theater and be barefoot. Well, okay, let's do it. You know, like yeah. it's just it was just kind of odd. We're gonna have you wear sandals. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> At all times, it was strange, but. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. Is other than it's uncomfortable and gross. <laughs> okay, so next question: Is there anything else problematic about the film other than Tarantino's obvious um, kind of aversion to women having big lines the one, <laughs> or big roles, really? Well, and I don't know if you could totally say that just because, like, I feel like Uma Thurman's character in Kill Bill is one of the most like. Powerful women characters like I've seen in film, and that's fair. Yeah, I, I would say that's a good but, point. Uh, and all the people she fights. Um. A lot, well, not all of them, but. I would argue against that just because almost all of his other films are just completely men dominated. Um and. Completely, Uma, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess. One thing that we hasn't been brought up is the little girl character as a contradiction to the whole Tarantino not liking strong women thing That's true. in That's this true. movie specifically but the same thing with Uma Thurman's character in Kill Bill is like that little girl and then Uma Thurman's character both are very like stereotypical arcs of like like having the little strong girl is something that we saw in like the last Wolverine film you know, it's like a trope. It's like Eleven from Stranger Things, you know? It's like, you need the one badass little girl 
but like only the the little girl is allowed to be outspoken. Once you like reach a certain point and you can be sexualized, you like have to give up your voice basically is the argument against that. And with Uma Thurman's character, I believe she goes through a rape arc, if I remember correctly, which is also a really famous trope of a way to like say women can only be strong if they are recovering from sexual trauma and they have to be forced to be objectified and like fight, you know, physically assaulted in order for them to gain physical strength. It's like a trope that people yeah. talk about often. So I guess what I would say in response to what you said is like the only female characters we see from him are like very tropish and still very one-dimensional because of that because he just like relies on these. I guess I didn't see that trope as much in Kill Bill, but mm -hmm. cuz like the rape arc was very minor and I don't think it was like a defining like plot mover. Well the whole the movie's called Kill Bill, right? Yeah, and but like it wasn't Bill, point. that was the... Yeah, it was Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she, like, the whole point of the movie is, like, her redemption against... Bill, because he man. murdered everybody at her wedding. Yeah. yeah. Which, I guess, hmm. I... So it's a different trope than... But I, I mean, I get trope, it. But... Yeah, it's, it seems like he doesn't have a, you know, a, a fantastic history of that, but... You know, I, th I would say there's exceptions, but I feel like specifically in this movie, you know, yeah. not necessarily in this discography, it felt definitely outstanding, mm -hmm. like an outstanding point. Well, yeah. Just like the lack of, like what Lauren was saying, I guess, um, female leads, but except for like the little girl and Mar um, Sharon Tate. We don't have to talk about this forever, but yeah. there was one other outstanding critique people had of this movie, which was... Um, the treatment of Bruce Lee. Did you, I don't know if you guys heard about what his daughter said in response mm -hmm. to the movie. She basically said like, she said it, the scene, watching the scene made her cry and that um, it was really disheartening to her to see him be portrayed as this like hyper stereotypical Asian and see his Asian-ness be used as a joke um, because she was, she said something like, in reality, he would have had to work a lot harder than either of those fictional characters, either Leonardo DiCaprio's character or Brad Pitt's character, during that time period especially, because he was Asian. And so seeing, like, his race be used as the joke in that scene. And I did some reading about it, and apparently in the original screenplay, Bruce Lee was supposed to lose the fight, which he basically did, but... Yeah. Brad Pitt was concerned about it because he didn't think it was right because he thought Bruce Lee was such an icon and so he convinced Tarantino to change it to it be kind a of a draw. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And then it was like a fantasy at the end too. Mm. Which I think was a part of the original screenplay, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I'll say the one thing that like kind of bugged me about the movie was like how like the whole Brad Pitt's wife thing was just like he just like killed his wife for laughs, I guess, and then, like... We moved on. We moved on, as yeah. if they like, nothing, like, that was the only thing I was like, eh, it's kind of, mm -hmm. like... And then we're taught to, I like, guess. and then Brad Pitt is just so charismatic that you're just kind of like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess my Like, I could have done without that scene. I could have, too. 100%, and it's like, so let's say, because 
I think you and me, and then Zach, did you say you also thought he killed his wife? Yeah. So, let's say that he did kill his wife. How does that make us, how does that change the way we feel about his character? Or about him, you know? Honestly, for me, not that different. Yeah. And I don't mean that in, like, a bad way. But not that I don't, I'm saying I don't care I don't, I don't look wife, at his character and think that is a good person. Like, yeah. he seems like a very, like, probably even a little below average, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. Because, like, he is such, like, the way he plays the character is so likable. Yeah. You know? And it's just, like, yeah. but he's it's not kind of unfortunate that there's that little, like, blip where it's just, like, yeah. oh, like, why you gotta, why you gotta throw that in? <laughs> well, it's just, I mean, obviously, from my perspective, I think it's just Tarantino normalizing violence against women and using violence against women as the butt of a joke, which is not okay to me. But at the same time, I still really liked Brad Pitt's character at the mm-hmm. end of the movie. Like, I'd almost forgotten that that 20-second yeah, yeah. scene happened. Yeah. So do we praise or hate Quentin Tarantino and or Brad Pitt for I making us like I this character who maybe probably is? It's much more on Quentin. Brad is just... He just, yeah, just, he just did exactly what he should do, yeah, which yeah. is make us fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, one thing about the Bruce Lee scene is I think that it was kind of set up so that Brad Pitt would win. And so that Bruce Lee would be the heavy. So he's the vi- not like a villain, but he's there to fight and he's there to lose. So Brad Pitt looks like the hero. Yeah. And I also think... Okay, guys, so I have some news for you. I've seen this movie two times. Really? <laughs> you yeah. saw it before we saw it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So sorry. But <laughs> Nick and I went and... Um, yeah, so uh, when Leo is reading to the little girl mm-hmm. yeah. and he's telling her about like the story... And it's kind of making it sound like he is like that character, but no, because he gets injured on his hip. I did. And, I didn't and, see uh, this too. Yeah, this is interesting. Brad Pitt gets was stabbed, stabbed in the his hip, hip at the, the front. And so scene. he is the true cowboy of the story. Oh. And so that I think Bruce Lee was set up to be like a heavy okay. or something. I see. I see. Wait, wait, explain, explain this to me. Slower. It was there's the, okay, the Bronco. So, what was so uh, Buster Bronco or something. Yeah, Buster yeah. Bronco or something. He's like reading the book about him. Okay. And he's saying, oh, he was the coolest cowboy in the West. And then he slowly is on his decline, mm-hmm. and, or he hurt his hip, and then he's on his decline, and then nobody really cares about him anymore. This is Rick Dalton. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's about, about Rick Dalton that's talking about Buster, whatever. Oh, okay. From the book he's reading. Oh, okay. But then he's and he starts oh, crying because he's like, girl. it's yeah. totally like me. I was I was awesome, and then now yeah. I'm on my decline. Mm-hmm. But then it talks about his hip being hurt. But mm-hmm. then I think if you look at it like uh, Brad Pitt was stabbed in the hip mm-hmm. at, in like the one of, like the last act or whatever. Yeah. And. Uh, so then it, it symbolizes him being the cowboy in that story and that he is like the true cowboy, I guess. And I can't remember if he was like, if he started to go down and then he went back up or if he just went down and he had yeah, a good I don't run. know. It's just, I think I it's, a, remember, it's more of a tease, you know, it's kind of like, oh, but like, yeah, is Cliff Booth, like he is the real yeah. cowboy or, you know, I don't know. Because it, it does relate to both of them, but it's like, yeah, really That's... Cliff is also. I don't know. It's It's interesting to think about. That's cool. I wouldn't have made that connection of him when he gets stabbed in the hip, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's like a minor detail that ties back, right? Mm-hmm. And now we love Quentin again. Like, dang it! Okay, good. okay. That's good. <laughs> Alright, let's move on. Okay. Um, best scene of the film. Adam? The, the acid-driven fight scene. <laughs> Lauren? It's gotta be. Agreed. Zach? Um, best scene, yeah, maybe, the whole scene, you know, the fight scene. Okay. Ashton? 
I'm trying to think, I'm just hard to think of another one that comes to mind besides that. It's just so rapidly good. <laughs> okay, I do like the scene when Leo's in his trailer. That's yeah. true, the trailer scene, the trailer scene there, that's the other one. Because he just yeah. is drunk and he forgot his lines and he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. That was very, very Just funny. freaking out. That's true. Okay, so let's, let me preface this with a couple things. All of our favorite scene, and my guess is it's really not really close. Like, it, to me, it's far and away the best scene. There are three people that are brutally murdered. Brutally. And that is all of our best scene. Thoughts? <laughs> uh, I think it's because it's so unexpected. It's true. I mean, it's a little bit expected, because yeah. you know, like, the kids are like, let's go kill the movie stars. And then, so you yeah. know that they're going to go up there, and you know that he's on acid, and you're like, what is about to happen? And, and then have, they yeah. go in, and then it's just so unexpected, because it just... If you like know that. about the Manson murders, you know that they got murdered, right? Yeah. And so it like it's just, just such a crazy it, twist on a perfect, history. Yeah, it's like such a perfect setup for them. Oh, he's tripping. You know, Leo's in the back with his headphones on, like, and you know, the wife's his, asleep. The wife's asleep upstairs. Like, it's this is it, right? And then it just complete one eighty, and like in the best, but also worst way possible because it was so gruesome, but also like so exciting and intense. I don't know how to explain it, but I would say like just unwarranted. It, and graphic violence is the the trademark of his style of Tarantino's style. Yeah. And so I feel like, like the movie was, I enjoyed watching the movie, but that's what I came for, you know. <laughs> like yeah, that's, that's the thing that he puts in those movies that like puts a little stamp on it, and you're like, oh yes, this is a Tarantino movie where he's taking a his a slightly historical thing that he's gonna alter. And he's just gonna make it the most vicious bloodbath you've seen. Yeah. You know? And I'd rather see that than, like, what actually happened, where it would be the same thing, but, like, Sharon Tate's the one being brutally, like, murdered. Yeah. yeah if you read exactly. the details, like, it's, it's oh, yeah. just as graphic, yeah. like, in real life, what happened, like, mm -hmm. even more so, honestly. Like, it's really messed up stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. So, here's, the, here's what I will say. It kind of felt like it was coming with Cliff Booth when he just started taking him to town with his dogs. Yeah. Right? The thing that I never could have predicted is, <laughs> Leo. is when he, when Leonardo DiCaprio's character goes and gets a flamethrower and just starts flaming the girl. I think, I think the best part of all about that whole scene is what led up to it, is that this whole, this whole showdown, if you will, was going on in his kitchen. He has no clue until this girl, He's making margaritas. who's been attacked by the dog, had a can of dog food thrown at her face. Yeeted at her yeeted face. At her she's face. shooting a pistol in the air. Yeah, over she's shooting a pistol. Over. For somehow, it's just like 10 or 15 yeah. shots. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, but like, she's not reloading after. She and just flailing while she's yelling Goes fire. through a gra glass window, has glass shards in her face, <laughs> lands in a pool, and you know, obviously that's as soon as Leonardo DiCaprio's character just like starts freaking out. And his reaction is just... I, like it's just so ca it's, it's casual it's, it's just calm like, he looks over and he just sees her in the pool and he just kind of like he gets away from her and i'm like oh yeah i get it like this is like what's going on step back analyze the situation no that was not what was going on he, he just steps away and immediately just walks over to the shed and then yeah. gets the flamethrower and yeah. everyone's like you got to be kidding me in the theater the reaction was hilarious <laughs> yeah. oh but it was just like it was so strange that, that was his power moment though it was because it was it, a cowboy moment. Yeah, because it was connected <laughs> to the scene that we got to see of him in the movie. It's the only stunt he ever did, like, for himself. <laughs> exactly. And so it's, that's a good... That's a good um, and the point. implications of that are ripe for discussion. <laughs> so, 
So the scene basically ends, and Leonardo DiCaprio's character walks over to Sharon Tate's yeah. house, mm -hmm. and then her husband, Blasky, <laughs> is just like asking what's going on. No, 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 that's not, that's yeah, a different friend. guy. That's her it's friend, uh, uh, Jay, Sebring. or Jay Sebring. So, yeah, okay. yeah, that's right, that's so right. So it's Jay Sebring who she's talking, who he's talking Yeah, because Polanski's in Europe filming another movie okay. or something like that. But basically... Leonardo DiCaprio just tells him that he just torched a girl to death, and then they just like move on and they invite him into their home. Yeah, and then there's the I, the iconic line of, "Is everybody okay? Oh. Fucking hippies ain't." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was yeah, that was rough. <laughs> that was. <laughs> I think yeah, that was the loudest about, laughter moment in the theater. What about just the way that everyone was so verbally aggressive against hippies? Yeah, that. I mean, bad. I feel like that makes sense, right? Yeah, at the yeah, time yeah. in Hollywood, in Hollywood, I don't know what it was like, but it, it seemed to make sense to me because the hippies were kind of they just were like invading there. Yeah, they a little bit. They're hippies, they're rich, you know? the rich yeah. people, actor, you know, lifestyle. I don't know, yeah, exactly how in every detail, but it it did seem like that, yeah. yeah. And obviously, they murdered them eventually. So, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it definitely was like literally throughout the whole entire film it was just like damn hippies like over and over yeah, and over yeah. again true to the point that it was like which probably is a thing fairly historically accurate because i know yeah. there's a lot of animosity towards like the, hippies the counterculture the yeah movement, like at the time so yeah definitely okay so the final thing i want to talk about everyone is going to give their top four tarantino movies oof top four top four all right Adam, you're first. Um, in no particular order. Whoa, no, you gotta rank them. Whoa. Oh. No, I'm not good with these things. Will. That you got to. <sighs> well, you have to. Probably. Have to leave. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Number four, Kill Bill. Number three, Pulp Fiction. Number two, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And number one, Inglorious Bastards. No Django though. <laughs> Django's probably just outside the top four. Ah, that's like fair. Five. That's fair. Okay, Lauren. I'm gonna say Kill Bill, and. Oh wait, are you starting at one or four? These are my. Okay, my fourth slot is Inglorious Bastards, and then Kill Bill takes the top. What's second and third? Like all of the Kill Bill. Two and three. But I asked you to do four. Yeah. One, two, three. Well, alright. Well, there we yeah. go. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, it does count. Um, preface, I haven't seen all the Tarantino movies, so yeah. my, my list is uh, inaccurate, but we're not fully researched, I should say. <clears throat> For me, number one, Glorious Bastards. Two, Pulp Fiction. This is tough. I would say... Probably Once Upon a Time, and um, I liked Hateful Eight, even though it was wild and weird. Shout out to Dryden Yeah, Dryden would definitely agree with you. <laughs> Channing Tatum's character? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I hate that movie for if, me. If Dryden does a call-in, maybe this is where we should insert Okay, Zach? Um, I'm going to do mine in no particular order. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Um, Pulp Fiction, Inglorious Bastards. Django Unchained, Love Me Some Jamie Foxx. It's so true. <laughs> and uh, probably Kill Bill. So, so no one's upon a time in Hollywood? Doesn't crack the top four? No. 
Okay. I mean, I need to see it more though. Maybe. Yeah, I I agree. <laughs> I feel like I have to get. More I know time. I've seen it twice, yeah, but I've only first yeah. seen it more than once. Yeah, I've seen, more. seen almost all of the movies. <laughs> I think once. So my ranking would be, um, number one would be Glorious Bastards for sure. Number two would honestly probably be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Interesting. And it's not because of the storyline, um, or any honestly really any of the hippie stuff. It's just because Brad and Leo's characters are just so fun. It's true. And so charming, and it's just like. I don't know. It's, it's two ride. two people just like at their best is what I thought. Third would be Kill Bill, um, and then fourth would be Django. I think Pulp Fiction is overrated. I'm counting Kill Bill as, as the same. It's hot because to, to me it's one film. <laughs> and I, that's fair. I haven't seen any of the Kill Bills, but I've heard that. I don't know. I don't know how it works. So I'm not gonna stop talking. I'm gonna stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically comes out with a movie once every about four years. He's on track for since Glorious yeah. Bastards. But yeah, I mean, this next one's gonna be his tenth. Which his last one. Last one. Maybe. As as far as we know, as far as what his word is concerned, it's his last film. So he said publicly he's only gonna do ten. And then he's gonna retire. And a lot of the actors and actresses who have like worked with him, some of them, it's like some porn. agree and some disagree. Some people yeah. are like, I think that he really will do it. And he said like he's gonna do graphic novels or something, and like, not screenplays, but. Like play plays. I don't well, know. he wrote Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm -hmm. as well as directed it. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I, I think that he might still write him, but then all, other people are like, nah, I think he might go away for a couple years and then come back when he's like older and wiser, kind of. Inevitably gets bored and just like, wait, yeah, what if I exactly. like I have this movie idea that exactly. I didn't have 15 years ago? Yeah. Exactly, and, and he knows that everybody would go to it because yeah. if he goes into retirement and 15 years later he's like, wait a gonna sec, miss him. Yeah. they're gonna be like, no way. <laughs> I knew he was gonna come back. Um. Isn't just he better doing, do a, Samuel isn't he doing like a Star Trek movie? No, that's like just what the rumors are, but oh. I don't know if he's going to do it. Because he said he wants to do something that he's never done before, and so everybody's like, do Star Trek! Because <laughs> that would be insane. And that'd he's be like, well, very strange. maybe. <laughs> so, um, another tidbit, Leonardo DiCaprio's wife, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, his wife in the film is Quentin Tarantino's wife in real life. Oh, really? Oh, the Italian? Interesting. Yeah, so he casted his wife as the Italian <laughs> so strange. woman that oh, I Rick Dalton married when he was in Italy. <laughs> I want to know what she was saying in Italian when she's like talking to the police officer. Oh, that's yeah. true. And she just is like she's going panicking. off and she's yeah. freaking out. She and, he, and he's just standing there like... That was really uh, fun. That was hilarious because like, he wasn't. You could see he had his pen and paper. He was like, <laughs> I'm just not moving it at all. <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, I, okay. Yeah. This is Francesca. I will say Francesca. last. I note, think that's her name. I think uh, you know his last movie better have Samuel L. Jackson in it. That's yeah. It. I really okay, wait. So, was he? He wasn't in this one, right? <laughs> no, no. Because well, I maybe, thought that there was. Someone said there was a cameo. I heard I that there think, was a cameo. Okay, so when they go into the bar, um, and they're like, oh, it's like when he's practicing he's like go get that chili pepper daughter yours you know that oh, scene yeah yeah um i think that he, he was is there, one yeah. of the people sitting he's a at the cowboy table. that's what he i has heard an too. Patch on. Yeah, and it totally looked him. like him but i wasn't sure if it was him hmm. i guess the reason i had heard was that they were doing they were filming the new avengers or something like that and so he was pretty much completely booked but i don't know who knows i just love samuel L. jackson that's all <laughs> so here, here's my next question well here's really my last question unless anyone wants to talk about anything else in the movie Basically, the only movies that do as well as this and get as much hype as this at this point are literally just like superhero movies. The big box. Disney movies. And Wars, Disney yeah. movies and yeah. some sci-fi movies. Yeah. Like the amount of, I don't even, could you even call, I guess you wouldn't call this an independent film. 
It's the style it's, of an independent film, I it's, suppose. It's just a wildly radical style compared to most movies. Maybe not wildly radical, but a lot of aspects, I would say. Is it really that popular of a movie? It, Quentin Tarantino's films are definitely significantly, like, more popular than the random indie film or whatever. Yeah, for not being part for of not a being, franchise, yeah. I yeah. think they're huge. Like, so, they, they get a lot bigger than your average, just, like, standalone yeah, story like, movie. And even, like, you know, my guess is maybe him and Wes Anderson Collab. are two of the... <laughs> that, would, that would be the strangest... <laughs> Strangest <laughs> film Claymation of all time. violence. Just it's just George Clooney and Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> I see where you're going with that is in the sense that, like, Wes Anderson's movies get a lot of popular traction, but they still have the feel of an indie film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Quentin Tarantino's films are very I, Yeah, I think he's definitely part of, like, a like elite club of directors where it's, like, the director themselves is, like, part of the draw, like a Scorsese or, like... Cooper, yeah, yeah. yeah, Cooper, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? imagine, It's funny because they both use the same casting, but can you imagine like them swip, like swapping like the similar casts for the different styles of movies? (laughs) That would be interesting. Okay. Well, oh, sorry. Owen Wilson and Tarantino. Interesting numbers, though. Wow. Um, He really got his head blown off. (laughs) Budget. 90 to 96 million dollars which is insane for a non-marvel non-disney Bo- movie it's crazy box office 92 million but that's only that two weeks after that's total this has only been out for about two weeks sure but that's like not typically not as big as I thought it would be, typically honestly. movies make at least um what's the they make more than that typically yeah it's a like two-thirds number or something that that's how you can project that it's going to be successful and stay in the theater for a while. Hmm. Yeah. I think that, I don't know, it'll definitely make money. It's also like when you're literally paying DiCaprio, Pitt, and Robbie, right, which are three of, like, literal A-list actors and, like, demanding a lot of their time, really. I don't know. It makes sense that you have to pay them quite a bit as well as Tarantino quite a bit. Yeah. So. Okay. Does anyone else have anything to add? Right, oh wait, hit, I think we hit most bait. What? Actually, I do have something to add. So Meg just wanted me to clarify something for you guys. So we'd seen the movie before, and she accidentally fell asleep the second oh. time seeing it. But it was okay because she had seen it before. The first yeah. Time. Yes, yes. But then she woke up from her nap as the movie ended, but it was like in the middle of the REM cycle. So then she was grumpy. Ooh. But then she didn't want to say, "I'm grumpy because I took a nap and then I woke up." Because then you guys would say, "What?" You took a nap in the movie? You yeah. missed the like the last scene. Yeah. And then so then she's just like, I'm not gonna say anything, but then they're just gonna think I'm grumpy. So she just wants to say sorry and Well, I wanna yeah. say thank you, yeah. Meg, for being a great friend. And for buying all of our tickets through Peace on Earth Coffee and Provo on <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Hit the pause button. Baby. Mm-hmm.